Doug Glanville drops by to discuss his lifelong love of baseball sims, his managerial style, and his Philly fandom. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had the uh, three go-throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy. Three. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, May 20th. I'm Al Melchior, and I am joined by Derek Van Riper and a very special guest we have with us all the way from Starkville, uh, the podcast that is, <laughs> Doug Glanville. He played uh, nine, season, nine seasons in the majors with the Cubs, Phillies, and Rangers. He is the author of The Game From Where I Stand. You've likely seen him on ESPN, and he is uh, also a contributor to the New York Times and, of course, right here on The Athletic. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us, and great to have you here. Yeah, my pleasure. I mean, I'm lifelong Stratomatic fan, so this is right up my alley. <laughs> so looking forward to it. Well, I'm, I'm glad glad to have you on and glad to have a, a reason, I guess not that we need one necessarily, but to uh, devote an episode to uh, Sims. That's how I started out uh, playing uh, fantasy or fantasy type games. And I did leave one thing out of your um, introduction, by the way, uh, that uh, I was remiss, that you're a member of a championship team because we did a 1999 retro draft uh, about a week ago and Fred Zinke drafted you in the eighth round, and he he finished in first place in that Ooh. 1999 uh, fantasy draft. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Well, it was, that was a good year. That was a good year for me. <laughs> so I, had a good, I helped out a lot of fantasy players <laughs> in 99, so good times. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, I'm wondering, uh, I, I read a little bit about your history at Stratomatic on your website, uh, and you started very early. So did you actually... Uh, develop uh, an affinity for Stratomatic before you actually fell in love with the the actual game of baseball. You know, it it was kind of simultaneously. I mean, my uh, my brother. I give a lot of credit to my brother because he he's seven and a half, almost eight years older, and I think he was excited to have a playmate. You know, we're, it's my only brother, so when I came along, he kept waiting for me to be big enough to go outside. But in the meantime, he said, well, there's other ways you can enjoy the game until he could compete with me. So he mapped out on a scorecard a kind of you know pathway to, to big league baseball. And it included Stratomatic and included all these ways you could learn the game through simulation or strategy. And, and so that was my first introduction to understanding the real intricacies of baseball, making lineups and drafting players and pinch running and managing a bullpen. All that came from Stratomatic when I was literally like six or seven years old. So, you know, here I was playing with all these kind of high school guys or junior high and learning a lot about competing. So that was really where it started. And, you know, I was coming into Little League and all these things. But I'd say the uh, the theory of the game came even before I was playing in organized baseball. And, and my brother was generally the architect of that. And, uh, you know, so this is the guy that had me using wood bats, by the way, in Little League. He's like, no, we're not using aluminum. You got to use wood. <laughs> so so I give him a lot of credit because he, he really looked ahead and, and he just was a kind of a purist around the game and still is. Wow. So, so your brother got you into Stratomatic. It sounds like a lot of other kids you grew up with were also into the game as well. Did you guys have a, a small league that you'd put together? Yeah, well, it started, I was just a little kid amongst these high schoolers. 
And then as I got older and they got older, my brother, when he graduated from high school, I was like 10 or 11. So he was gone to college and I was kind of around. So that gave me initiative to start my own leagues. And uh, so there was a couple of neighborhood kids and we just built it from there. So we, yeah, we had continued with the draft. I remember, you know, spilling grape juice on Ron Guidry's card and things like that, you know, so, (laughs) which is like, you know, the worst thing you could do to a card. But we, um... Yeah, so we kept it going. And then eventually, maybe the end of my high school, I graduated in 1988, there was some digital Apple IIe kind of thing going on with Strat where you could put in the disk and manage the software. So they started getting into their simulation space. And you know, college kind of made it harder, of course, to, to keep going. But I always kept it close to me. And you know, Stratomatic taught me so much about the game and the real nuances behind the game. And that, you know, outside of just loving math, it just became this perfect combination for me to learn baseball from so many different perspectives. So when you were playing, I mean, this, if I think I've got the timeline right, I mean, this really sort of predates the Bill James abstracts and, and all that. Um, so did you take any cues from like any particular managers? Did you feel like you had a particular managerial style, certain strategies that you favored when you played? Well, I. I think I, looking back, it was very traditional in, you know, try to have the leadoff guy steal bases and, you know, I had the two old hitter made contact. And and so I had a pretty traditional lineup in that regard, but um, I always had my back end of my bullpen ready. You know, and I was a big Phillies fan. So whether you had, you know, Ron Reed in the bullpen or it's, uh, setting up Tug McGraw or something like whatever it was. <laughs> you know? So remember there was like drafts, so it could have been different years of players. But I I had that that setup and I didn't do a lot of defensive replacement. But I I love stealing bases, bunting a hit and run. I, I caused havoc every chance I got. And to this day, I, I paid a lot of attention to the defense. It was so powerful to get a strat set and see a num- a one in the defense. You know, like if you were rated one defensively, you know that was like oh that was gold. So I had a great appreciation for center fielders even back then. So you had guys like. You know, Cesar Geronimo, Rick Manning, you know, Omar Moreno, Gary Maddox. I mean, they weren't like big hitters, household names in that regard, but they played defense. So when you had a one in center at shortstop in these like high volume positions, I I mean, that was important. So I I love lockdown defense. And, uh, you know, because I was a Phillies fan, I always had Mike Schmidt in my lineup. And I love the aces, you know, Steve Carlton out there going eight at least. And, uh, you know, that's how I grew up watching the game and that's how I embraced it in Stratomatic. Doug, have you ever had the itch to coach or, or manage uh, in your post-playing career? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I like coaching and I did certainly Little League and local, but um, I did interview for the Rage job in 2014 and it, it wasn't planned. They They called me and it took me three days to get back to them. I was like, ah, you know, I kind of blew it off because they're like, oh, we're, you know, maybe interested. I was like, yeah, you know, I thought they were talking about some analytics job or something. But they, when I finally reached out and t- talked to Heim Bloom, they were like, oh, no, no, this is for the managerial job. <laughs> so I was like, oh, really? So then I said, oh, I better get ready. So I called a lot of friends and got prepped. And uh, so believe me, there's no question Stratomatic played a great role on this one (laughs) because I started thinking about the tactical side, the sort of general manager side of it. And uh, and because I enjoyed that aspect of the game, even as a player, it uh, it came together just being able to get these Q&As that are these interview jobs for managers. 
and just have a lot of banter around it. So uh, the new analytics kind of fits well with the stratomatic culture for sure. Well, I want to circle back to something that you you talked about just a minute or two ago um, in in terms of uh, being a fan of the Phillies and simulating the 1975 Phillies. Uh, Growing up in Teaneck, um, I'm coming at this question from the perspective of somebody who was a huge Phillies fan at that same time, the mid-70s. I lived in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, outside of Philly, moved to North Jersey where everybody was a Yankees fan. (laughs) So uh, how how did you uh, come to um, become a Phillies fan? given where you lived and the time uh, that you you did this? Well, it goes back to my brother. The fact that I was into baseball at such a young age, uh, I kind of gravitated towards, you know, cool uniforms and some of the first games I experienced. And so, you know, the Phillies had their, you know, ultimately their powder blue road uniforms. So our early players were like Dave Cash and Mike Schmidt. And so I I just kind of fell in love with their uniform and, and some of the early games that I watched on TV. And back then, of course, it was local, you know, so you saw the Mets, the Yankees, and maybe the game of the week, right, on, you know, on Saturday or something. So it wasn't a whole lot of coverage to learn all these other teams and uniforms and all that, but the Stratomatic kind of gave that. So in spring training, I I really started to learn the landscape of all of baseball. So it started with just liking the cool uniform. And then it became an underdog story because everybody, of course, locally liked the Mets or the Yankees. And I wasn't a big fan of, I didn't not, I didn't like despise those teams, but I wasn't a big fan. I just went to the Mets games because I like National League and I'd go more to see the, you know, the opposing team. And, uh, and, you know, I did like Mookie Wilson a lot. And then the Yankees weren't very good for a lot of chunk of that time. So, you know, I just, once again, go there, not as much as the Mets. So it was National League and, uh, you know, that, that sort of set the tone, but, there's no doubt that I took some heat for liking the Phillies, especially when the Mets went on their run in 86. So Stratomatic was sort of the the launching point for you and, and part of your love of baseball from your very early years. Did you end up going on to play any other simulations like score sheet out of the park or anything else that's out there? Well, I, I think I tasted like, I think it was an APBA, is it? Or, um, and there was a couple of where you had a spinner and you had the the, the discs and things like that smaller versions of it but i i just kept coming back to stratomatic i just that was my favorite and i was you know the excitement it was like christmas day for me to get those those manila yellow stratomatic yellow mustard colored uh packets that would come in with all the cards in them and you'd look up the extra players like oh wow the extra player set and i ordered everything so and so my brother and i and we had my brother had a paper route and i worked at you know different places so i saved money to to order Stratomatic. And, you know, so that, that just became my loyal uh, connection. So I didn't ever veer from it. So <laughs> I've heard of the other games and I've maybe dabbled a little bit, but it's pretty much been Stratomatic since, since day one. So DVR, DVR had asked you about um, whether or not you have a desire to, to coach or manage. And you, you talked about your, your interview with the Rays, but I'm wondering how your Stratomac experience might've impacted your playing days. And, um, you know, certainly during the, the period of time when, when you were playing, I know baseball prospectus was out at that point. It was kind of the, the early years of um, the sabermetric movement really gaining popularity. So is that something that you were really tapping into when you were a player? No doubt. I mean, that that was how I connected with the game and learned the game. It was through this sort of uh, this architecture of, of strategy and, and Stratomatic was a huge part of it. I mean, you know, it's one thing you're playing Little League 
and you're thinking through, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to move the runner and all these things. And I, I always had that kind of mindset to understand what, what was behind the game. Uh, you know, keep in mind, I grew up with Lawrence Frank. And Lawrence Frank was the New Jersey Nets head coach. And, you know, he's doing, he's still in the game with Clippers and all that. But um, Lawrence Frank was on my Little League team, and he didn't strike out the entire season. But when I watched this guy, he was always tactical. He could imitate Jim Cott and all these, like, lefties, Tommy John. And when I played basketball against him, he was setting picks and, and triangle offenses when we were, like, eight. I mean, this guy. So I, I knew that there's, there's this another side to the game. So when I made it to the big leagues, first of all, I was more than excited to make it, of course, but I was equally excited when my Stratomatic card came out. I mean, that was every bit as good as making the big leagues. It was that big of a deal to me. And uh, but just to think about, first of all, like I wanted to be a one in the outfielder. That that was like key. And I was a one in left field my first year. I fought Hal Richmond to this day about being a two throughout most of my career in center field, like battleground stuff. And uh, to the point where he he made a, a, a kind of fake card with a one on it in center field when he came to the Mets game. And I was on the field. It's like, dude, no, you, you know, that's not enough, man. That's not enough for me to make me a fake one. So, <laughs> so I was serious about this stuff. And so I often, you know, thought about it. And, you know, Jimmy Rollins and all these guys, are they ones, are they twos? I had a lot of fun with it. And then, of course, the strategy, uh, especially as I got older, I'm on the bench a little bit more. I'm injured. I'm this and that. And, and then you're sitting and really watching the manager work. And that's when you really pick up what they're trying to do, pinch run, double switch. You pay a lot more attention when you're on the bench, actually. And that was kind of the silver lining of when I kind of slowly aged out in the game or lost my starting job. Started to pay a lot more attention to connect the dots <clears throat> back to the beginning, which was when, you know, Stratomatic was such a big part of my my daily life in, in baseball. So, yeah, big, big connection. And there's no doubt it's relevant, um, especially, as you mentioned, the modern analytics component. Uh, Stratomac was way ahead in that regard. When when people were playing like you know checkers, you know the, they were chess of baseball. They were thinking through multiple components to making decisions, and that was really ultimately what led to where we see this analytics revolution on thinking beyond sort of the baseline home run, you know, batting average, RBIs, and you know sort of the baseline numbers that we used to rely on. It's uh, memorabilia week at the athletics so i should ask it is that first strat card when you broke into the league is that your favorite piece of doug glanville memorabilia that you've picked up over the years or is there something else that uh, you, you cherish even more i'll tell you i mean I it's got to be top three i mean i have an autograph from mike schmidt i've i i started to smell the roses a lot in the latter part of my career and because I realized, wait a minute, this is going to end. So I started getting autographs and bats and pictures. So there's probably a lot of them. I'm, I'm slowly going through it in the times we're in now. I have time to kind of go through my basement and attic or whatever. But um, the card, yes. And I, I have all the cards from my playing days. So I have envisioned a kind of, of some sort of display where I have the front and back of the cards. And each year I haven't quite got to it, but I will absolutely uh, do that. So, uh, and then, you know, think about Lenny Dykstra too. Dykstra was a huge Strat fan. And when he hit that walk-off home run against the Astros in the 1986 playoffs, uh, he said in the post-game interview about, well, the last time I did this is in Stratomatic, this game with Dice, he talked about it. And we were like over the moon over that. So when I competed with Dykstra, fast forward years later, 
uh, I guess it was 1998 when we were competing for the center field job in Philly. I had a set delivered to the stadium in spring training, and we were our lockers were next to each other, and we went over the cards. Uh, it was great. I mean, so that was like big leagues. I was established. Jake Schroeder was retiring, and we were still in the corner going over these cards. <laughs> so, so I'm telling you, it was you know, it was absolutely real life to us. And uh, so, I always have a great appreciation for it. So, the short answer is, it's definitely top five. Uh, but in terms of one of the thrills of my career, it's 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 uh, it stands alone in such a unique space for for my life in the game. Uh, well, that's really a, a cool story, and um, also appreciate DVR you talking about memorabilia week uh, on the Athletic. And uh, you know, if you think it's a good idea, maybe to go out and get a uh, Doug Glanville card. Uh, you should check out the piece from Michael Salfino and Nando Defino. No fantasy, no problem. A guide to buying the cards of your favorite sleepers. Um, I, mean, I, I guess you're not really a, a sleeper for 2020, uh, Doug, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a good piece that everybody should check out. And you should, of course, if you're not doing so already, check out Doug with Jason Stark on the Starkville podcast here on The Athletic. And you can find Doug on Twitter at Doug Glanville. Uh, so that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you don't already subscribe to The Athletic, well, you can get a 40% discount off a subscription at theathletic.com slash baseball 15, or try it out on a 90-day free trial. Everything that we do from the podcast to uh, all the written content and all the arenas, all of that is going to be a part of your subscription. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. For Doug Glanville and Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we will be back with you on Thursday. Thursday.